Uh, you, you, you're done with your drink, sir? You good to yep. go? Good. <laughs> All right. uh, welcome, everyone, to another episode of Battle Topics, and we are continuing on the double XL train here. Um, today, we are going to review a stud class 2010. Um, so, as stated before, the, in 2009, they started doing the 10 uh, freshmen. Um, and this 10 is a stack house. Uh, we've got J. Cole, Pill, Nipsey Hussle, Wiz Khalifa, OJ Man, Freddie Gibbs, Big Sean, J. Rock, Fashawn, Donis. Uh, and let's see. So we're going back to the year 2010, and it's before Drake was considered the sixth god. Um, 2010 was the same year Akon placed third on the Forbes magazine hip hop cash kings list, and he spent all that money pretty much rebuilding Africa. Yeah, yeah. that man has literally call, uh, created irrigation, aqueducts, schools, roads, everything for that country, for that nation. Um, I can't remember which is it Nigeria. I can't remember. Uh, I want to say uh, it was Nigeria, but i'm just gonna say he in africa because <laughs> i don't want to be yeah. saying the wrong one um but 2010 uh marked the third uh freshman double xl cover and as we mentioned before the artist um blah, 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 blah. they did four covers or three covers uh <clears throat> so uh, hold on uh, back to the Akon thing real quick yeah. uh, he started a project called Akon Lighting Africa mm-hmm. in 2014 which provides electricity to 15 different countries in Africa I mean <laughs> yeah uh, he also uh, he also launched his own charity for underprivileged children in Africa called uh, Confidence Foundation uh, he was included as a guest appearance in Pitbull's I Believe That We Will Win the World Anthem official music video in which all proceeds from the song sales, streaming, and views uh, are being donated to Feeding America and the Anthony Robbins Foundation as relief to these affected by uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Not all heroes wear capes, ladies and gentlemen. And I think it's like, this man spoke this, spoke it and walked it. He talked yep. about it all the time, and he does it. Okay. Um, what? He's also having a, a, a city built in his name in uh, Senegal. He is it, from Senegal, isn't he? Yeah. I believe. Uh, but yeah. they're building Akon City. Uh, it was approved by the Senegalese government January of 2020. And the first plan or the first phase is planned for 2023. Oh, now that doesn't tell you something about this man, but I wonder if he's gonna like, I know they're making the city in honor of him. I wonder if he's gonna do like any help with the funding and stuff of things like some of the utilities and whatnot, also. I, I would say he he will um so ke uh international uh was awarded a six billion dollar contract to build the city 
uh, and it's to include roads, a hospital, residences, hotel, a police station, a waste facility, a school, and a solar power plant. Hmm. Uh, on September 1st of last year, uh, Akon actually laid the very first stone of the city, speaking four days after the death of Chad Bozeman. Um, and he stated that the film Black Panther uh, partially inspired him to uh, teach African Americans in the diaspora about African culture. Hmm. Such a powerful movie. It is. So, yep. It really is. Uh, but we're sorry, that was a little off topic. We're <laughs> not really Try talking to... Akon today. Trying to stay in the lane. I know. It, it, it was just mentioned on the blurb, and then obviously we mm-hmm. talk about the great things he designed. So let's, mm-hmm. let's reel it back in here real quick. Um, I forgot where I was. Okay, so we're just going to talk about these uh, these 10 from 2010, uh, 12 years ago now. See where they are. This article came out in uh, 2016, so six years. And a lot has changed for a few of these guys since then. Um, but the first one on the list is is the artist pill so after debuting on the freshman double xl cover the atlanta georgia born and raised rapper signed with warner brother records around the same time maybach music group signed to the label and pill joined the group but there was no deal in place he was featured on the crew's self-made volume one album only to lead the team the next year abruptly in the middle of stardom i didn't even know he was on that so no um, me neither. Um, <laughs> He um, released four mixtapes from 2009 to 2012, which all uh, showed impressive songs from the young MC, but he didn't nearly take uh, make the impact of some of the other names from this class. I mean, it's a stack class. I mean, it's hard to, it was hard to stand out. Yeah. Right. Um, so, um, Pill went MIA for a while. Um, he lost his deal with Warner Brothers, and he served some prison time. What? Um, he resurfaced with a single called Won't Blame You and a new mixtape, Over the Counter Drugs. Um, his last single, Backright, produced by 808 Mafia, was released back in 2008. This has since hey, been removed 2018. from... 2018. yes, yeah, sorry. This has since been removed from streaming platform. Um, okay, so what did this man do? <laughs> That's uh, what I'm trying to find right now. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he's never released an official album. He has, what's that, one, two, three, four, five mixtapes. Um, right. In 2012, he announced that he was leaving Maybach Music and Warner Brothers. Uh, then there was the six-year hiatus. Then he had the Backright single. That's the last thing he's done. No, he had a single come out um april 2021 called uh change on me okay and he was also yeah go ahead ahead, roger no go ahead go ahead i was gonna say he was also featured on the song you're killing me which was a song off of tech nines all sixes and sevens album but it was a bonus track if you had bought like the boat if you bought like the deluxe version of all sixes and sevens he was on that Hmm. Hmm. i've never I've really never heard of this guy like that. No, me me neither. Of course, no. I didn't have the deluxe. I didn't have the deluxe version of all six and sevens either. I, I got the regular version. So, well, you would think around this time, like he would have been hitting because this was around the time, like, uh, 
T.I. was hitting, uh, yeah. Killer Mike, you know, uh, Outcast. Like, he did a lot of, like, those DJ mixtapes. Like, he's on a lot of them. Yeah. He you think, it was, some... just, you think it was just one of them situations where he was just another rapper out of Atlanta that just got lost in the shuffle? I think him leaving Maybach music was his biggest issue. He should have stayed with the group. Yeah. Because, I mean, so far, everybody from Maybach that was on that self-made, I mean, everybody on Maybach music has done really good so far. Right. Um, Wale, I mean, Wale, Meek Mill, Ace, uh, was Ace Hood on Maybach? Yeah, yeah, we did his thing. He was for a little bit. Yeah, but like I said, he's more of a feature guy, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, you still get paid pretty good money to do features. Yeah, yeah. I'd be a feature rapper. Like I don't want to do a full album. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. Um, did we ever find out what he what this man did to go no. to jail? No. Okay, that's no. weird. All right, um, who wants to get the next one on the list? Uh, I'll go with the next one. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about OJ the Juice Man. OJ the Juice Man. <clears throat> yeah, the uh, drug trapping MC from the ATL founded the Vanity Label 32 Entertainment and signed to Asylum Records before he even got the XXL Freshman acknowledgement. He connected with Gucci Mane and the two were able to create a buzz with mixtapes. His debut album, The Other Side of Trap, uh, was released in January of 2009. OJ was featured on the Jadakiss album in 09 and the R. Kelly album. Uh, so. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, ooh, hey. Ooh. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. Uh, so, so things were on fire when the cover hit the streets. Everything was on the upswing for him going into 2010. Uh, well, in 2011 and 2012, OJ released several mixtapes in anticipation of the Otis Williams Jr. story, which was supposed to be his follow-up album. But the project didn't see the light of day until 2014. By then, his buzz has, had fizzled, and he was feuding with his childhood friend, uh, fellow Atlanta rapper Gucci Mane. Uh, Gucci. Yeah, so if you're wondering where Gucci. he is now, it seems like he may have patched things up with Gucci. Uh, his latest mixtape uh, called Texaco Music was released uh, in early 2016 with not too much fanfare. He still has a fan base, though, in the trap rapper uh, community. Yeah, community. Sorry, I lost train of thought there for a second. Um, but it doesn't seem like um, he's done much else since. Uh, a few mixtapes, but that's it. The person to ask for this would have been Loso, because that's his, that's his stuff. Mm-hmm. Gucci and OJ. Yeah. That's the man that uh, put me on, OJ Drew Man. Hey y'all, hey, real quick, um, the jail time that uh, Peel, ser- the, the thing he served time for, mm-hmm. was failure to appear. Oh, that horrible, horrible, horrible thing. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm just letting y'all know what it what it was. <laughs> oh, man. How much time did he do for that? 
Let's see. He was booked on October 20th, 2014, but not released until January 16th, 2015. Uh, it says here, it says. So he did, he did three months for not showing up. <laughs> yeah. Three months for not showing up. And, and but, but it also says minor incidences and previous charges, but I'm not getting anything on that. Yeah. They're probably just misdemeanor today. He was from the, Probably what caused it not showing up. Probably. Yeah. So, But that's why he was in prison. Hmm. But anyway. But nah, OJ the Juice Man. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no. I mean, OJ the Juice Man, he he did have a hot minute there. Uh, yeah. Everything with everybody. Um, I always thought he was just a DJ. I didn't know he was an actual like rapper rapper. Yeah, no. Yeah, actual rapper rapper. Yeah. But I mean, no, he, um... Go ahead, well, huh? actually, he's a, a trapper. Yeah, right. True trap yeah. music. Yeah, <laughs> you know his. I mean, his last album was in 2014. Uh, it was the oldest Williams Jr. story. Um, he had. Uh, let's see, he had guest appearances by Young Scooter, Gorilla Zoe, uh, produced by 808 Mafia, Metro Boomin, and uh, Lex Luger. Not uh, Lex Luger, Flex Ruger. Flex Ruger. Okay, I, I apologize. No, it, I mean, no, it is Lex Luger. Yeah, it's Lex Luger. I don't know um, how a producer got away with using that name. I don't. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I really don't know either. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Unless that's like his legit name, I don't know how he got away with using Lex Luger. His his, spoke, his his real name is Lexus Arnell Lewis. I guess he can state that it's a play on his name, and he can get away with it. Yeah, but man, that's that's some coincidence there. Okay, hold on. Okay, it says, well, it says it, the basis of his stage name came from professional wrestler Lex Luger, as well as a Luger pistol. He cites producer Doctor uh, Dre, Shouty Red, D Rich, Drummer Boy, and Jazzy Faye, uh, and hip hop duo The Heatmakers as musical influences along with Juicy J of 3-6 Mafia and the Harlem-based rap group Dipset mm-hmm. Diplomats. I mean, he's a really great producer. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, but, he straight up, of... but he straight up says right here, he 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 choked, he, his, the basis of his name was inspired by Luger. Yeah, the wrestler Lex Luger. Yeah. Uh, he co-founded American Hip Hop Production Team 808 Mafia yep. with Southside. He's also a member of the hip hop production duo Low Pros with A-Track and the Virginia Boys Productions. Uh, he also did a bunch of uh, Waka Flocka's music. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's he's good. Oh, he's really good. Yeah. Um, all right, I guess we can uh, stroll on to number three there. Uh, <laughs> the guy we don't know. Uh, so go ahead, Talon, tell us yeah, about this I'll, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the guy we don't know. Uh, all right, that's cool. Uh, his name is Fashan. Uh, grown in San, uh, sorry, almost in San Francisco. I'm sorry. Grown in Fresno, California, this West Coast rapper has accomplished many notable achievements. It was his 2009 album, Boy Meets World, that helped him grace the double XL Freshman 10 cover. The project um, produced exclusively by Excel. Exile. Exile, I'm sorry. Um, Facade has since collaborated with many rappers such as Wiz Khalifa, Evidence, Murs, Aloe Black, Alchemist, Nas, J. Cole, excuse me, and the Ninth Wonder in, in the night and Ninth Wonder in the years. He dropped his mixtape Champagne and Styrofoam Cups in 2012 and then yeah. in the next 
hey, <laughs> whatever, whatever gets you lit. Um, I'm, just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. And then in the next year, 2013, he performed at the MGM Grand Garden Arena for the WBO welterweight rematch between Manny Pacquiao and Timothy Bradley. Damn. In 2014, he was signed to Nas's Mass Appeal Records and ended the year of 2014 by dropping his EP, Fashionably Late, with The Alchemist. The following year, he finally released his sophomore album entitled uh, The Eco- Eco- Ecology. There you go. The project is exclusively produced by Nas and features an all-star lineup. Um, Fashan is still signed with Mass Appeal Records. He recently released a song for Streets for Street Fighter Five entitled "Rise Up," featuring Black Thought, Murs, and Dale the Funky Homo Sapien. Hey. He also has a track on NFL Madden 17's video game. No new music from Fashan since 2017. Um, as of this right, yeah, yeah as of this right, I need to. Um, he through. dropped an album in 2021. Uh, well, he dropped a mixtape in 2021, and then dropped a single uh, at the beginning of, the, of this year called "Heart of a Lion." Um, yeah, but yeah, he's not really done anything um, since his actual album. Uh, yeah, yeah, and when they say "all star lineup" on the ecology, um, I I wouldn't call that this an all star lineup. I mean, he has a feature from Nas, uh, a feature from Aloe Black. He has feature... two features from Aloe Black. Well, yeah. Uh, but uh, a feature from BJ the Chicago Kid. Which is still the weirdest name to me. <laughs> a feature from Dom Kennedy. Uh, a feature from uh, Imanon. And a feature from Choosy. And Buster Rhymes. Mm, that must be on the bonus or the uh, the bonus the re- stuff. I'm looking at the regular one. It's the one right before um, the second song with All Black. It's out of the trunk. The bonus <laughs> track is called Just Remember Now. Uh, okay. Wikipedia doesn't show that he yeah. has a feature from Buster Rhymes. No, I'm looking yeah. at the actual album on Spotify. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense then. Yeah. But, but, but he's had songs for Madden, NBA Live, he even has a song on WB2K. Which one? I don't know. It just says WB2K video game series. Oh. Hmm. But I mean, hey, the picture that they have of Fashawn on the on this does he not look like a Wayans brother? Yeah, he looks like Marlon Wayans <laughs> back in the Marlon, day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he looks like maybe that's why we've never heard of him because he's actually Marlon Wayans, you know? Maybe. But he for, um, he for Sean Wayans. But um, the, the mixtape he dropped was not on Mass Appeal Records, so I don't know if he's actually not with them anymore. Would it would it be more of like an independent release? Because normally people normally mixtapes aren't under like any huge label or anything. Like most most mixtapes are independently sold, correct? I am I'm a guess because his new single is also under that same record company he released that mixtape on though. Okay, that's what I was just looking. I was just looking at to see if maybe you guys saw anything about him not being there anymore or not. But uh, let me go ahead and uh, wait. Do you? Yeah, you just say the next. 
Yeah, yeah. That one. Yes, it's you, you Bubba. Well, I was trying to make sure you, you got all the blurb and didn't get blocked by the, the ad yeah, again. The, the ad, <laughs> ad again, yeah. <laughs> now, I'm already on page two. Go ahead. All right, so um, next on the list is Donis, another one we don't know about. Um, so Donis released his debut project, Diary of an ATO Brave, in 2009. The music was so well received that it led to a single deal with Fool's Gold to release... His hit single, Gone. What? That music was so well received that it led to a single deal with Fool's Gold to release his hit single, Gone. Okay, yeah. The Japanese-influenced rapper from Atlanta signed with Atlantic Records in early 2010. Then came the XXL Freshman 10 cover. Japanese-influenced rapper. This That paragraph doesn't make sense to me at all. Uh, yeah, I don't... I don't... I mean, is he trying to be a Ronin or like? I don't know, but I'm gonna have to look him up. I probably do know who he is and just don't know. Um, let's see here. He released the mixtape The Invitation in June 2010. His next mixtape, Fashionably Late, featured artists such as OJ the Juice Man and Pill. That year, he also released his Atlantic record debut, The Fashionably Late EP. Uh, I wonder if that's why Fashon had to change his spell on his. <laughs> titles that's what i'm thinking too yeah oh that's weird it is uh so that year he released his atlantic records debut album the or the fashion late ep that would turn out to be his only release on the label um the next two projects in 2011 would have a different feel southern lights being more personal and his ep was the brand onitsuga tiger called nippon sounds aka japanese sounds uh, that was produced by Japanese producers D.D. Mouse, Joe Iron, and Taku Takashi. He released another EP through Fool's Gold called Break Hundreds and Hearts. Um, I'm going to have to look who this up, dude is. Yeah, uh, so uh, you were wondering about his Japanese influence. So after high school, he joined the Air Force and he was stationed in Tokyo. Uh, while on base, he began performing and recording music earning opening spots for T.I. Chingy 112 and Erica Badu. After around two and a half years in the Air Force, uh, he stopped so he could finally pursue rapping as a full career. Uh, and he stated in, interview, in an interview with Amanda uh, Bassa that his time in Japan helped to influence his sound and helped him to craft it into something a little bit different. Being in a, around an entire new culture gave his sound a bit of an edgy, say that, or a bit of an edge. Uh, and he says that uh, the Japanese are always a few steps ahead, and that's why I love looking to them for what's next. I'm watching the video that's on this, uh, underneath the blurb. And you can definitely hear the Japanese strings in the background. I'll listen to this here in a second. All right, so let me finish up. So where is he now? Well, it depends. Um, as this writing, his website was down. And it looks like he's going by his real name, Ladonis, now. Um, he has been called one of the top double XL freshman flops. He hasn't released any music that we can find since 2017. His last single was titled Hallelujah. I wonder if this is still... The same. Let's look him up. Uh, I guess Ladonis would be the way to look him up. I mean, 2017, he had a song called Touch. 
he's released some singles, but that's all he's done is just singles. Yeah, and he's got uh, four mixtapes. The last one releasing in 2011, according to Wikipedia. Yeah. I don't even see those at all on the Spotify. Spotify just sells his singles. Wait, wait, well, he, he, uh, his last EP was 2012 when he uh, Break Hundreds and Hearts. Yeah. That was from and then, 2012. Yeah, 2017, he had that song, Touch. Oh, here we go. Yeah, it, so he literally only has that one album and those EPs, and he has not done anything but singles since. That's not good at all, my man. Mm-mm. All right. Uh, yeah, so I guess he did flop. Um, it hasn't released much of anything but singles. So uh, Chip is next, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that track, Hallelujah. It's not bad. I'm listening to it right now. Yeah. Uh, so next up, we're going to talk about J-Rock. Uh, J-Rock is a West Coast rapper out of Watts, California, and he was signed to Top Dog Entertainment in 2005. Wasn't that Kid Rock's, uh, imprint? Was it? I want to keep reading. I'll look it up. Uh... Top Dog Entertainment was an independent record label founded by Anthony Top Dog Triff. Uh, Punch is the Punch, a.k.a. Terrence Henderson Jr. is the president of the label. There are currently 11 artists signed to the label, uh, including um, Black Hippie, Kendrick Lamar, J-Rock, Absol, Schoolboy Q, Isaiah Rashad, uh, SZA, uh, Lance Skywalker, Sir, Reason, Zakari, and Ray Vaughn. Hmm. Oh, oh, oh. so uh, Kid Rock does have an album or a, a record label called Top Dog, but it's T O P D O G, and this is T O P D A W G. I knew it sounded familiar, just on a whole nother level. Sorry. I think. Kendrick actually left Dog, Dog Entertainment. Um, keep reading. I'm, I'm looking. According right. according, according to this, Top Dog, Aftermath, Interscope are his are the are the three labels that he's been with. Yeah, but he's, he's still with. Okay, it Top says. Dog. Okay, it says following a four-year hiatus, Lamar teased the final album under the Top Dog Entertainment label on his website, along with posts on social media accounts. Lamar later reemerged with the single "Family Ties" alongside his cousin and PG Lang partner Baby Kerm. Um, it says he also appeared on Kerm's album "The Methodic Blue" on the song "Range Brothers." Um, so. Yeah, he's had one. He, he he did one more album, and all this was pre Super Bowl halftime show. So okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, J Rock was signed to Top Dog Entertainment in 2005, and then later earned a recording contract with Warner Brothers and later Asylum Records, but ultimately ended up signing a record or recording contract with Strange Music. Because of mergers and 
at the original label. Uh, his debut single, All My Life in the Ghetto, featured Lil Wayne and Will I Am, wasn't released until 2008. Uh, he locked the cover in 2010 and the buzz continued to grow. He was the first mainstream member of the Black Hippie Crew, which features other Top Dog Entertainment artists. Uh, in 2011, he produced his debut album, Follow Me Home, uh, which featured his single, uh, Hood Gonna Love It, which featured Kendrick Lamar. Uh, the song became the theme for Grand Theft Auto V. It sure did. <clears throat> J-Rock became the only black hippie member featured on Kendrick Lamar's debut album, Good Kid, Mad City, on the song Money Tree. Uh, so if you're wondering where J-Rock is now, uh, J-Rock released the critically acclaimed sophomore album uh, 90059 in 2015. The album was his first since leaving Strange Music. Still signed to Top Dog Entertainment, the album features the Black Hippie family. In 2016, J-Rock was in a motorcycle accident early in the year. Uh, he has since recovered. Uh, and in 2018, he released uh, a very successful album called Redemption. The album was Grammy nominated. Yeah, he's he's pretty he's still going pretty strong though with features and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kendrick has one more album on Top Dog Entertainment before leaving. Okay, all right. Yeah. Now, if that album ever comes out, it's a question, <laughs> right? Yeah, because Kendrick releases albums like super slow. Although I know he is working on him and Eminem together are working on uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever soundtrack. They're doing that together. Yeah. Yes, that's just um, fixing to be fire. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I mean, the first Black Panther album, uh, the first Black Panther movie album was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. But uh, uh, J Rock has that West Coast style that mixes with a lot of the uh, the trap music nowadays. For or the, I guess the mumble music nowadays, right? Because he has a lot of stuff with like uh, Future and stuff like that. So yeah, but I mean, but it's almost like because it, if you look at the album that he had in 2011, he had Kendrick, Tech Nine, Calico, uh, Rick Ross was on. Wayne was on a track with him. And then you jump straight to uh, 90059. And then that's when he still had Kendrick, Isaiah Rashad, Lance Skywalker, Busta Rhymes, Macy Gray. And then you jump to the Redemption album. It looks like what you said. He had Future, still had Kendrick. T Grizzly was on this record. Uh, and then in Future. Um, yeah. Yeah, Jacob. Uh, and J. Cole, yeah, I totally glossed over that. I apologize. Very good. Uh, I will say that uh, in February of 2019, J-Rock won his first Grammy Award for the song King's Dead, which featured on the soundtrack for Black Panther. Yeah, but you know what that means? Future's got a Grammy for yep. a garbage fucking verse. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one where he goes high pitch for no reason at all while talking about fucking uh, Scotty yeah. Pippen's wife. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it uh the, that song the song damn. Yeah, it featured J Rock, Kendrick Lamar, Future, and James Blake. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. 
it's kind of funny. Um, so we can move on to. Whoa, hold on a second. Oh. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Okay. Because I'm. Okay. You're, you're you're what? Apparently, in 2019, um, Kendrick, J. Rock, Future, and James Blank, the the Kings the the Kings Dead song that won uh it was the Grammy Award for Best Rap Performance. It was actually a tie. It was tied with Anderson Pock's Bubbling. I thought that was very interesting. Like I'm looking it up now. Okay. And the only other three songs that were nominated were Cardi B's Be Careful, Drake Nice For What, and uh, three is Travis Scott and Drake Sickle Mode. God, that song is so bad. It's good, but bad at the same time. Yeah, I hate hate the stylistic change in that. It's so dramatic, it makes no sense. (laughs) I thought you said you liked the transition. No, I, that's what the one thing I didn't like about the song was how weird the transition was. But I like the song overall. Okay. It's just really weird, like how it just goes to being like pretty smooth and then just going to like a little grunge and then back to being smooth again. Give it a loop. Uh, I think you're next though. You got the you got the man Freddie Gibbs. I got the man himself, ladies and gentlemen, Freddie Gibbs. Now. From the town of of Gary, Indiana, came rapper Freddie Gibbs. He was signed to Interscope in 2006, but was dropped from the label before releasing anything major. In 2009, he released The Miseducation of Freddie Gibbs. The following year, he was one of the 10 XXL freshmen. He partnered with Jeezy to be a member of the CTE clique, but that didn't work out, and the two eventually parted ways. After releasing several mixtapes, including 2011's star-studded Cold Day in Hell, Freddie finally released his debut album, ESGN, in, 20, in 2013. The project was released independently, and the following year he released a project with Madlib titled Pinata. Together, they had released three EPs together under the moniker Mad Gibbs. Last year, or as of this writing last year, so 2015, He dropped another album called Shadow of Doubt. So where is he now? Well, Gibbs was arrested in 2015 after performing at a concert in uh, La Roque's in Toulouse, France. I I can't speak French. I apologize. Uh, Toulouse, France for for an alleged rape case in Austria. Gibbs was finally released on bail on August 18th. The case was eventually dismissed. Since his release, Freddie has released two albums with Madlib, including the most recent one being Bandana in June of 2019. In 2018, Freddie released a surprise album that was entitled simply Freddie. Uh, and in 2020, he released an album with the Alchemist called Alfredo. Alfredo. Was Baby Alfredo. Bush on it too? Yep. Rick Ross, Todd the Creator, Benny the Butcher, Conway. Yo, I wouldn't mind listening to that song. Which one? Frank Lucas. Uh, they have a video for it. Frank Lucas. Oh, do they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to look it up then. Uh, but he also released a single earlier this year called uh, Hate to Say It. Uh, well, he's on it. He's got uh, Azizi Gibson. Don't know who that is. Mm-mm. 
but uh, yeah, Freddie Freddie wants to be old school gangster. Yeah, it's funny he's got a song on here called "Baby Shit." Oh, Alfredo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he does. Sorry, uh, that ju- that just caught me off guard. No, Baby I mean, shit. No, but that that Frank Lucas song is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to look in. I'm at. I'm. I'll look it up here in a little bit. Um. Uh, so. It's uh, on you. Yeah, it's on me. Um. So the next one on the list. Um. Oh gosh, it was loading. Um. Is uh Nipsey Hustle. R.I.P. R.I.P. Nipsey. Uh, so Nipsey was the future of uh, West Coast before Kendrick Lamar. Uh, was he? Oh yeah, he was. He was bringing him up pretty well. Like that's what I say. Like, but his thing is like he's so L.A. centric. Like I could not. That was my issue with him was that I just could not get into it some at all. Um, his mixtape, uh, Sauce and Boy, stop moving, ad. Uh, Sauce and Boy's volume one was introduced in 2005. Then he signed to Cinematic Epic Records and released Bullets Ain't Got No Name, Volume 1 and Volume 2. Um, the following year, he released Volume 3, and the project propelled him to the 10 XXL freshman um, cover. Uh, and after the cover, the Los Angeles rapper started the Marathon series, which would become three albums The Marathon in 2010, Marathon Continues 2011, but before the third album, he left. Um, Epic Records 2011 to focus on his own moves in the industry without them. In 2013, he released the mixtape uh, Crenshaw. His 2014 mixtape Mailbag, uh, Mailbox Money kept the buzz building, even selling copies for $100. Bro, $100. Nah. <laughs> so, uh, Nipsey's official debut, official debut solo album, Victory Lap, was released in 2018. Um, he had been working on it since 2013. <sighs> Excuse me. Um, the album was Grammy nominated for Rap Album of the Year, and many believe he deserved to win the honor. Um, but unfortunately, March 31st, 2019. Wow, we're coming up on his anniversary already. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nipsey was tragically murdered. Um, he was one of the three people shot outside of Marathon Closing on West Lawson Avenue in South LA. When you uh, rap about fixing the hood and start making changes, people don't like that. Yeah. Yep. I totally forgot that it was March 31st. He died literally one year to the day that my daughter was born. Well, let's not think about it that way. (laughs) Let's not think about it that way, no. Uh, Uh, So, uh, the... The albums that were nominated for Best Rap Album uh, that year, uh, Invasion of Privacy by Cardi B, Swimming by Mac Miller, Victory Lap, Nipsey Hussle, Daytona by Pusha T, and Astro World by Travis Scott. Astro World, uh, didn't it? No, Invasion of Privacy by Cardi B was the winner. <laughs> See, that's why we don't, so I don't go by either worst show, because they're garbage. Man, yeah, well... <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, man. But I think, like, I think people are gonna remember uh, Nipsey more for his activism more than his uh, his lyrics and his music. 
I mean, you still, if you vibe with his music, awesome. But I think more people are going to, you know, because it says right here for his community activism, it says uh, Nipsey wanted to focus on giving solutions and inspirations to the young black men like him. Uh, he denounced gun violence through his music, influence, and community work. He spoke openly about his experiences with gang culture affiliated with the Rolling 60s and often performed and worked with rival blood-affiliated rappers to set an example. Uh, he funded improvements to ne to uh, neighborhood schools and spent time with the students, also participated on panels about growing up in the area and the influence of gang culture. Uh, Nipsey started a co-working environment, which he named Vector 90. From his uh, own experience, he believed that the Crenshaw area was being underserved and that young people would benefit from com uh, from communal workspace he wanted the youth to be able to take classes in science technology and mathematics at the center um, he was also intimately involved in the planning and the ad and the adversary advisories excuse me stages of destination Crenshaw project that will showcase the history and culture of blacks in his neighborhood and, you know, a couple of city council members said that Nipsey was in the earliest conversations on the project and was an integral part of the project's branding. Um, and in March 2019, he had contacted officials from the LAPD to arrange a meeting with him and Rock Nation about what they could do to help prevent gang violence in South Los Angeles. And the meeting had been scheduled to take place on April 1st. Nipsey was murdered on March 31st, according to Los Angeles Police Office uh, Commissioner uh, Steve Sotobroff. Uh, department officials uh, were to meet with Nipsey's representatives at a future date to make sure that his work continues. So, like I said, can't can't improve the hood without getting killed, right? Can't have somebody out here helping the unfortunate learn. Yep. It's just it's just sad, dude. Like Yeah, he was assassinated. Yeah. I mean I mean like fuck the music for a second. The man I, like what I said a few minutes ago, I believe the man is gonna be known more for his activism and trying to bring everybody together as opposed to his music. And I'm not saying that like I never really like I heard Nipsey a few times, but I didn't really fuck with Nipsey a lot, you know. Um other than you know, he, you know, he's got a couple good songs. I did hear a couple of songs from the Victory Lap album, but that was about it. Um, but then, but then it's like once his passing happened, and then it's like, did I not give him? Did, did I not listen enough of him? Does that make sense? Like, you go back and you listen to some of his other stuff, and it's like, man, what he was talking about then, you know what I mean? And it's just, I don't know. I mean, like I said, my thing is that he's too South LA centric for me. I mean, I can understand the, the struggles of you know the hood and stuff like that, but not to that level. Um, and I get trying to speak out and you know bring awareness to the community and everything. But there's a certain level to where like you do it too much, and I just can't keep doing it. You know, I can't keep following it over and over and over again. It's crazy, man. But yeah, um, so as as of now, the uh, the trial for his murder has yet to start. 
uh, says uh, February 9th, 2020, uh, Judge Robert Perry said he hoped to be in the murder trial by early April after Perry retri- or retired. The trial was postponed again to February 24th, 2021, and on June 29th, 2021, the trial was delayed again. Holder's uh, public defender told media he expected the trial to start by the end of the year, maybe early December. Um, But I can't find anything where it says that it's actually started. Because it probably hasn't. Yeah. Uh... So the 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 guy who killed him was a twenty nine year old Eric Ronald Holder Jr. Uh, and he and Nipsey or in, investigators believe that um, him and Nipsey knew each other and that it was possibly motivated by a personal matter. Hmm. Yeah, he wanted control of the hood. Mm-hmm. Thirty three years old too, man. Most sad is that he left a family behind. Yeah. Yeah, like forget the 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 music, the activision, uh, activism, and all that. He left behind uh, a family. Yeah. You know that's that's the heartbreaking part. Yeah, wife, two kids. Yeah, and I mean you could tell he loved his family from all, like all his social media. All his stuff. He always had his family with him when he could take them anywhere. He was always putting his family first and all yep. his stuff. Always. All right. Well, uh, before let's we get too, too deep into that, <laughs> let, let's Rest let's peace, move Nipsey. on. Yeah. R.I.P. Nipsey. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk about my boy Wiz Khalifa. Uh. Yep. Wiz Khalifa was uh, a major independent artist at the start of his career, reminiscent to the movement Chance the Rapper had created for himself. Khalifa's first album, Show and Prove, was released in 2006, and the buzz created from the project landed him a deal with Warner Brothers Records. Uh, he released several mixtapes and buzz singles awaiting his major label debut, but progression was still at a standstill. The label was slow in delivering on his second album, so he decided to leave the label and release Deal or No Deal in 2009. A year later, he released Kush and Orange Juice, a project that became his calling card in this industry as an artist at the forefront of the smoker movement. Yep. He received the XXL Freshman 2010 honor shortly after that project. He then signed to Atlantic Records, a bit of a strange move because the label's parent company is the aforementioned Warner Brothers. After signing with Atlantic Records, the proud cannabis user from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, released his first single, Black and Yellow, uh, which that song got burnt out really fucking quick. Unless you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, you hate that song. Pretty much. Uh, our school, my high school's colors is black and gold, so we had to hear that shit all the fucking time. Yeah. So I'd, I'd stop liking Wiz Khalifa ASAP. <laughs> yep. Uh, so uh, his first single, Black and Yellow, which hit the Billboard Hot 100 in 2010, the song became the theme song for the Pittsburgh Steelers championship run. His major label debut album, Rolling Papers, 
was released in March of 2011 with Atlantic Records. The album hit number one on the Billboard charts. Around the same time, he started dating model Amber Rose, with whom he would get married in 2013 and would have a son together. Uh, But in 2012, he released his sophomore album, O-N-I-F-C, which sold 131,000 copies in its first week and spawned two major hits, Work Hard, Play Hard, and Remember You. Two years later, he released his third major album, Black Hollywood, another successful release. But before that release, he announced that him and Amber Rose had split. Um, so if you're wondering where Wiz Khalifa is now, well, earlier in 2016, he released his fourth major label project, the self-titled Khalifa. The project would, may be his weakest performing project, but Khalifa isn't hurting. Last year, he released the song See You Again, a tribute to Paul Walker, which was featured on the Furious 7 soundtrack. Made everybody uh, cry. Yep. D- dude, that song yeah. is great. Yes. Uh, go ahead, Raj. No, I mean, like I said, I, like I, I, I was done with Wiz Khalifa off the first, so when I heard the song, I was just like, all right, we got to finish this song sometime soon, sir. Right. I just, I, I, I'm sorry, uh, he's, he's got burnt out for me, so I couldn't appreciate I understand. that song. Uh, the song featured Charlie Puth. Uh, it spent 11 weeks at number one on the charts, tying for the most ever for a hip-hop song. Uh, the video has been viewed 1.9 billion, that's billion with a B, mm-hmm. uh, times on YouTube, which is the sick. Oh, excuse me. Which is the second most of all time. Uh, In June of 2018, he released his sixth solo album, Rolling Papers 2. And let's see. Yeah. um, Nothing since then. Uh, He had a... He has done a little bit of acting. He did um, six episodes on the TV show dickinson uh where he played death um since 2020 he's played uh miss the voice of mr mitch in a tv show called duncanville uh which is on fox and it's one one of them animation uh shows i don't watch the yellow people (laughs) how do you disrespect them well, I mean, I I just don't I don't watch like Simpsons or South Park or stuff like that. I never have. I don't know. But you was a fan of the Cleveland Show. They weren't show yellow so people. Bad. <laughs> show so bad. What the Cleveland Show was bad? Yes, it's so bad. The best joke was on ever on that show was the first episode when he first meets the bear. I'm not going to repeat it because people won't get offended. Right. But, um... Uh, and then he was also, in 2021, uh, he did... He was on The Masked Singer Season 5, where he played the chameleon. Right. He's also going to be in an upcoming uh, biographical film called Spinning Gold, where he is actually going to be playing George Clinton. He's also uh, he did that movie, that shitty movie with Snoop Dogg. 
Oh, the oh. Mac and Devin go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like how y'all try to play that like he didn't do that. <laughs> hey, I was only talking about his TV show appearances. Right. Uh he also I mean, I, I guess I guess, I guess they saw the success of How High with Redman and Method Man, and they thought they'd try to redo it. I guess I don't know. Yeah, like twenty years later. I guess I don't know. And then they did How High Two, and that shit bombed off. How High Two was How High Two sucked. That's what happens. You let MTV make an MTV movie. Yep. Yeah. But uh, see you again is the number five listened to song now at five point four five billion. What are the four above it? Uh, Shape of You by Ed Sheeran, uh, five point six five billion. Uh, Johnny Johnny Yes Papa at 6.24 billion. Coco Melon sings that. Uh, Lulu Kids, Lulu okay. Kids, Coco Melon, same fucking thing. No, sir, they're different. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, Despacito 7.79 uh, billion. Weird, sorry. And number one. Baby Shark, do 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 do. Baby Shark, mm. that song came out in 2016. Jeez. Oh God, yeah. It, it's been watched by the same like hundred people over and over and over and over and over. Baby Shark. Daily. Well, Baby Shark literally is has his own TV show, has his own movie. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's gone out past just that song on cereal but he's got 10.35 billion views that's insane but um back in the day the original viral videos used to be actual videos but ever since lady gaga's bad romance 2009 every video that has ever reached the top of the most viewed youtube list has been a music video hmm And I guess you, you guys probably wouldn't be able to predict what the first million view video would be. Uh, no. No. The very first video to ever reach a million uh, was a Nike commercial um, featuring Ronaldinho in 2005. Huh. Hmm. So um, if it would have kept on pace... The most viewed viral video would have been Charlie Bit My Finger. It would have been number six. Yeah, six on the list. <laughs> Charlie Bit Me. <laughs> I love that video. Uh, Dude, I'll, anytime I hear that now, it makes me think of a... Uh, I go to Battle Rap when I think that. So That bar uh, when Twerk uh, battled uh, Charlie Clips, he referenced that. Um... He's like, imitation is all you're doing lately. Everybody screams big and nine. I'm gonna start making you motherfuckers pay me. You forgot about the little nine. That motherfucker be going crazy. And since Charlie bit me, I got one finger on the baby. So, I'll, I'll pop for that one. The most top song that held the longest amount of time was Gangnam Style. 1,689 days as the number one video, viewed video on YouTube. Jesus. The closest video from there is Despacito, and it had 700 less. <laughs> hmm. Gangnam Style took over. Yeah, it did. It did. But uh, let's move on and get this uh, 
wrapped up so we can uh, enjoy some slumber. Right. Who's, Do uh, who's next? Is it me? Yep. yep. Next up on the list, Big Sean. B- B- um, B- Big Sean. Big Sean. Big Sean's rise to fame began in 2005 when he found out Kanye West was at a local radio station and decided to head over to Freestyle for the hip-hop legend and pass him his, his demo. Two years after the encounter, Sean was signed to Good Music. The same year he got signed, the same year he got signed, he released his debut mixtape, Finally Famous, the mixtape. The following year, he released Un UK, UK Now Big Sean. Okay. You right, know um, Big Sean? You know Big Sean. Okay, there you go. I don't know why the fuck I couldn't my my brain just couldn't process that for some reason. Don't make fun of me. Shut up. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, you ain't. (laughs) (laughs) Another step forward, another step towards the big leagues and 20 in 2010, shortly after it was announced that he would be one of the 10 XL freshmen of 2010. Sean released finally famous the mixtape volume three. That project solidified his spot as one of the big upcoming artists in the industry featuring Drake, Tyga, Bun B, Currency, and several other major artists. The following year, Big Sean released his first studio album with no ID, aptly entitled Finally Famous. The, the uh, album featured three hit songs, My Last, Marvin and uh, Chardonnay, Chardonnay, I'm sorry about that, and Dance. Soon thereafter, he was featured on tracks Mercy, uh, from Good Music's collaboration album Cruel Summer and dropped his fourth mixtape Detroit which he considered which he considers an album with features like J. Cole, Juicy J, French Montana, Kendrick Lamar, Royce the Five Nine, and Tyga. Big Sean's second album Hall of Fame was released in August of 2013. Produced hit singled uh, Guap Switched Up featuring Common and Beware with Jaheen Akio and Lil Wayne. In 2014, Big Sean would sign with Rock Nation and release Paradise, I Don't Fuck With You, and Jit Juke on September 19, 2014. It was not until February 24th of 2015 that Big Sean came back to the music industry with his third studio album, Dark uh, Sky Paradise, which became his first number one studio album on the Billboard 200. Still enjoying the success of 2015, Sean joined Rihanna on her international anti-tour. Earlier this year, he joined longtime collaborator uh, Jaheen Akio uh, to release the album under their new uh, moniker, 2088. The self-titled album featured the single Selfish and a video for the song Out of Love. Big Sean's last album, as of this writing, I Decide, released in February of 2017. Sean took a bit of a hiatus in the last couple of years following his release, following the release of his last album and his breakup with Aheem. In the summer of 2019, Big Sean finally released a new single entitled Overtime and quickly followed it up with Single Again, which featured Akio and Ty Dallas. And then in 2020, he released Detroit 2, which is the fucking banger. Yes. I, I haven't heard it. It's fucking great song. I I play it almost every day. Yeah. Uh, you play it also, almost every day, Chip. What? Yeah, it, it's on my rotation for my playlist. 
Okay. Right, yeah, yeah I mean, it, that, it's got Nipsey, Post Malone, Ty Dolla Sign, Eminem, Anderson Park. It, it's a very introspective album. Like he talks a lot about his uh, mental health on it. Travis yeah. Scott, Young Thug, Hit Boy, Diddy, Wale, Anderson. The, D- the Diddy one caught me off track though. Like I did not expect that at all. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to find this then. Look it up then. Oh, it's really good. Yeah. All right. Uh, um, we made a move yeah. on. Uh, I was just saying. Yeah, 20... Y'all don't want to talk about Big Sean? <laughs> oh, you can. Uh, so in September 2020, uh, he revealed in a Reddit AMA that another 2088 album is in the works. Uh, a track attributed to the project appeared on Detroit 2 um, on October 29th. 2021 uh big sean announced on twitter that after 14 years he had stepped away from kanye west's good music label saying that's a forever brotherhood but business-wise i had to start getting a bigger cut i worked my way out of that deal uh west also claimed during a november 2021 drink champs podcast that signing sean was the worst decision of his entire career yeah, shit. He, he was he was talking a lot of bad shit for no reason. He was mad because Big Sean didn't support Kanye West when Kanye was backing Donald Trump. Okay, uh, it was it was all him on his bullshit at that time. Like the interview, like it made me upset a lot because he's talked a lot of shit about some of the guys that he's put on, and then be like, "We're supposed to be boys, so why don't you support me?" Because they don't fucking support the guy you're supporting, right? I mean, they're allowed to have their own opinion sometimes, bro. Come on, yeah. Uh, that's see, that's the thing that 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 drives me fucking crazy is that when people have a difference of opinion, instead of having a civil conversation where we can either agree to disagree, you want to fucking cut all tides with people just because they have a a disagreement. And it's like, I mean, now, I mean, there are certain things that you can't come back from, but if it's over little shit, like you know, like my thing is, they don't support your boy Donnie Trump. They're supposed to be like, we're supposed to be boys, so you got to support them. Nah, fuck that. Yeah. Dude, they don't have to support the orange man if they don't want to. But my thing is... Really I didn't that, support either one of them, so... That um, he made Detroit 2 on good music. And only he does talk about a lot of the beefs and stuff like that and issues that he has with his contract. So it's kind of weird yeah. that, that it got by. It, it, for real. So uh, does Kanye produce anything? On the on the album, or is he like um, have nothing to do with the album? I don't know if he did have anything to do with it. I feel like he made some of the beats for it. Yeah, he probably made some beats. Um, but in October twenty one, Big Sean, in collaboration with rapper and producer Hit Boy, released an EP titled "What You Expect." Uh, and then in February of this year, uh, Big Sean and singer Queen uh, Nyja released a single entitled "Hate Our Love." The song will appear on Nyjah's upcoming album. In the same month, Big Sean confirmed the 2088 album and revealed he was collaborating with girlfriend uh, Janae Aikyo. Um, so. So Kanye did not produce anything on Detroit 2, but Detroit 2 also debuted at number one, making that Big Sean's third number one U.S. Um, debut album and his seventh top ten album. Yep. Uh, now back in 2011 we'll just talk a 
quick legal issue with Big Sean, and this is why a lot of people don't fuck with Big Sean. Uh, in 2011, he was arrested for third-degree sexual assault at a concert in Lewiston, New York. On October 26th of that same year, he pled guilty to second-degree unlawful imprisonment and was fined $750. The charges of third-degree sexual abuse was dropped as part of the plea bargain. Uh, however, Big Sean's attorney stated that Sean did not engage in any type of sexual misconduct. So, uh, but a lot of people think that he got away with some bogus shit by uh, taking a plea bargain. Now, I don't know that to be true. I just, I, I, I read the the info. Like, that's the situation. I, I mean, I didn't, we don't know what really happened. Mm-hmm. And we know that sometimes people say things that aren't yep. true. And some people say things that are true that don't get, you know, accepted. I don't wish this one's on, so I can't say one way or another. I listen Me to Leanne's music. And yep. like I said, I listen to Detroit 2 a lot. Um, but that's but, just it, man. But that's just it. We live, we 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 live in a country now where you're guilty until proven innocent, not the other way around. Yeah, and that's unfortunate. I mean, but that's because there's been a lot of, especially here recently, there's been a lot of shitty people that got away with shitty stuff for a while. So, yep. I mean, I'm glad those people got you know their shit finally discovered and ruined their careers, thankfully. But right. some people, I mean, I'm. Like I said, some people say things that aren't true. Some people say things that aren't true. We don't know what's what. Right. All right. That being said, though, yes, let's move on to the last one of the night. And Roger, how apropos, my friend, go ahead and take it away. Um. <clears throat> so number 10 on the list is none other than King himself, J. Cole. So... J. Cole came onto the scene with some impressive mixtapes featuring stunning raps and also production from the Queens living North Carolina bred Southern MC with a New York flow. His 2007, 2007 effort to come up laid the foundation while 2009's The Warm Up truly set him apart. A deal with Rock Nation followed. Then came his Friday Night Lights mixtape, which really set him apart from the competition. It's really weird that he released a bunch of mixtapes like this. Oh, his album came out in 2011. Never mind. Um, before J. Cole's album released in 2011 for Cold World, The Sideline Story, he produced his first song with Kendrick Lamar called High Power on Kendrick's Section 80, um, which later would spawn more collaborations between the two, such as Forbidden Fruit on his Born Sinner album. We're still waiting for the collaborative album from these two. Um, also within 2011, J. Cole made an appearance on Rihanna's store in Barbados with Trey's song on his hit single Can't Get Enough, and held a consistent release of music he called Any Given Sunday, producing not only audibles, but videos as well. Um, his sophomore album, Born Center, sold 297,000 copies in his first week. In 2014, he released Four Sills Drive and Ode to His Childhood Block. It's the first album to ever go platinum without a featured artist on it. I repeat, the first album to ever go platinum without a featured artist on it. So, for anybody, I'm, I didn't mean to cut you off, but to anybody who wants to know, this is an album, Forest Hills Drive, that Roger pretty much told me, 
if you listen to any J. Cole album, please listen to this album. Like, this was the album that he specifically told me to listen to. Yep. Listened to it. Loved it. Thought it was great. And then two weeks later, after I listened to the whole album, we ended up having a very heated discussion from Hip Hop Golden Age that this album was somehow overrated. But whatever. Go ahead. Yeah. But, you know, first album to ever do it, but whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, that Hip Hop Golden Age. We still need to do their shitty list thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chips out so enthusiastic. Who the fuck is little brother? <laughs> yeah, they put little brother on top of every fucking thing. Um, all right, so um, he followed up that album with Four Your Eyes Only, um, which also had no features, and KOD in twenty eighteen, which features his hit single ATM and Kara's Heart. Four Your Eyes Only is so overlooked because it's a concept album that people did not respect because it didn't have any hits, like real hits. I had one at Neighbors that I could consider commercial hits, but other than that, it was just a beautiful story told from perspective of a, of a drug dealer who starts hustling on the block, grows up in the hood, makes it big, and then the game kills him. But before he does that, he writes a love letter to his daughter. So sad, so beautiful. Yeah. I love that and album, a, and, and it's pretty much it's a forty-five minute album, but it feels longer than forty-five minutes, but in a good way. Yes. Um, I mean the song, the title song for your eyes only. It's like seven and a half minutes long, but it's a it's the love letter note that's so beautiful. Um, so where is J Cole now? Um, easily one of hip hop's top three artists right now. Everything Cole touches seems to work. A rumored collaboration collaborative album with J Cole may cement his career as a hip hop legend and make the pair of the undisputed kings rap. But it is to be seen if the project ever sees the day of light. They have been working on this thing for about 45 years. Put this shit out already. Uh, recently, he's been focusing on his label, Dreamville Records, and building the roster. Another boss move that separates him from the other people on the Double uh, XL Freshman 10 cover. Uh, most recently, J. Cole's day, Dreamville label released Revenge Dreamers 3, which is actually really good. Um, every now and then, I go back to it and I actually pick out another song i really like from it um the song went number one when it went when it was released um j cole's uh forthcoming album his sixth titled the fall off is fire great um has it been released yeah the fall off yes Okay. No, so no, it was the off season. The off season. The sorry. off season. Yeah, I've been to yeah. say the off season. Yeah. The fall off supposed to be his last one. I think is what he said. It's supposed to be his final album. Because it's supposed to be the off season, another one, and then the fall off. I can't remember what that middle one is supposed to be now. Um, but it's supposed to be he's supposed to do nine albums and be done with it, and then focus on producing and discovery of other talents. Um, but I mean, bringing the people from underneath you up. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, what supposed to do. that's what he does. And um, uh, I can't remember what it was that I was watching um, on YouTube. Just one of those things that's keep popping up. But he did. Um, he met up with people like before they were part of uh, Dreamville. He met up with a couple of like young rappers and like just gave them advice and everything like that. Taught them how to just like move up and do everything like that. And later on, a couple years later, he signs them anyway. So, right. The current currently the, the the current artist on Dreamville is J J Cole obviously, mm-hmm. Omen Boss Kuz Shut Up Phone, uh, Lutz 
Ari Linux, JID, and Earth Game. JID is like is his prodigy. That dude is so nasty. He's a little yep. minor rapper. Yeah. He's Born so on Halloween, good. 1990. Yeah, and that dude, uh that dude probably has the best double XL freshman cipher out of all of them like every year that did the ciphers so dude he's he's nominated for album of the year 2022 yeah oh, oh hold on man never mind DiCaprio uh, he dropped no he has an album no 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 J. Colas he no J.I.D. He's featured. I'm sorry. He has a feature on an album. Oh, I was like, album of I'm sorry. I didn't think he that dropped that. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 on J.I.D.'s Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. Um. Now he now he was nominated for best rap performance at the 2020 Grammys for uh, Down Bad featuring J. Cole, Boss, Earth Gang, and yeah, that's Young. from Revenge of the Dreamers three. Yeah. Um. The the um. Yeah, as a featured artist from the album Planet Her by American rapper and singer Doja Cat. I'm just reading what it says. But uh, you should listen to J.I.D.'s DiCaprio 2 album. It's a really good one. DiCaprio 2? Okay. This is a mixtape. Um, it's really good. Is it a mixtape? Because it's it, it's saying that it's a second his second studio album. It shouldn't be. That's, that's what I'm, it says right here. It's his second studio album. I thought it was the a ne- mixtape. Never, uh, he's got a collaborative album with uh, Village Village and Earth Gang in 2020. It's called Spillegion. Yeah, Spillegion was the yeah. yeah. Um, um, the Never Story I knew was an album. I guess the Capital Two is a. Um, Oh, I thought we yeah. thought it was a mixtape. Doesn't That's say cool. yeah. It doesn't say EP. It doesn't. It, it's not qualified as a mixtape or anything. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's a really you got great ASAP Ferg, J Cole. That was really good. DJ I'm the Chicago you. Kid. Joey Badass and Method Man. So. But anyway, so. I, I might be a dumb question, but I ask the question after every time we do one of these. Who was the biggest the biggest success from the 2010 freshman class? Uh, that's hard to say. Yeah, that's hard to say because I mean, you would think J Cole, but it could be it could be Cole, it could be Sean, Wiz Khalifa. Um, I mean, I would say a lot of these guys. Like, those three main guys have done a lot. Yeah. Um, so would you I'm, go top three then? Cole, Sean, and Khalifa? Maybe not um, in that order, but... I mean, I'm just throwing them out there. Yeah, it's probably the three biggest success out of them. Um, I mean, J. Cole, obviously, just from doing like all the projects he has in general and just consistently putting out albums everybody wants to hear. Big Sean stepping out instead of doing just radio music and actually doing music music again so he's doing stuff there and Wiz Khalifa has his big old niche of stoner music yeah right Nipsey Hussle you know gone um, too soon gone too way gone too soon <clears throat> interestingly enough I wanted to throw this in the in the conversation 
It says occasionally the freshman class list may contain extra additions to include more rappers. In 2011, 13, 19, and 21 freshman class, for example, had 11 rappers. In the case of the 2013 list, XXL added an, an honorary extra spot for Chicago rapper Chief Keith due to the artist being in a six-day jail stint and therefore being unable to attend the photo shoot in New York City. However, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 artists um, have either been removed or declined to be a part of the XXL freshman class. And we, we, we just talked about 2010. Uh, the, the two from 2010 were Drake and Nicki Minaj. Both of them respectfully declined and felt that they have chose that they were chosen too late in their respective careers. I mean, 2010 was Drake's second album, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe. I've got to look that up again. Take care. Yeah. Yeah, or, take care. Or, yeah. That came out. No, Thank Me Later. Sorry. Uh, that's Drake. Yeah, that was Drake's second album. Thank Me Later. That wasn't too. That's stupid. That wasn't too deep yeah. into his. And, 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 yeah. No, it was. Th- yeah, it was Thank Me Later. Yeah. It was his first album. No, take So care Far Gone. Say what now? So Far Gone. Or that's a mixtape, technically. So, yeah. Yeah, So Far Gone was a mixtape. But yeah, that was his first album. So, I don't understand that. It, it, it had to be. It had to do with the Young Money contract, most likely. Because both Chances of them rejected are that. probably, yeah. You know, which Nikki would probably be in the same boat because she was also signed to Young Money too. Yeah. So. But that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Battle Topics Double XL Class of 2010. The next time, 2011 is going to be really, really good. Um, Meek Mill, Big Crit, Sahai the Prince, Lil Twist, Yellow Wolf, Fred the Godson, Mac Miller. YG, Kendrick Lamar, Diggy Simmons. It should be a good one. Yeah. Um, is that the year they started doing ciphers? I can't remember. I don't I, know, to be completely honest with you. Oh, well. Freshman ciphers. I know they did one in 2012 because I actually watched that cipher. Um, 2011 2011 yes yeah, so yeah. this was the first year of the yeah. cypher yeah. well the reason I remember that is because uh, Kendrick and Meek Mill did one well I remember watching Kendrick and Meek Mill do it I don't remember obviously the lyrics right there I go back and listen to it right alright well um Thank you, everyone, for joining us again on this uh, series. We're actually starting to get to artists we probably listen to a lot more. And I think it's funny because it's probably going to be like two more years, and then it's going to be like people we don't know again. Yep. (laughs) Probably, I mean, I can go go probably to 2017, and I know one person on the 2017 listen. I didn't even listen to him that well. Um, That's about it. be completely honest with you um but now that being said ladies and gentlemen yeah thank you so much for tuning into this episode uh anything you guys want to say before we bounce out here tonight uh as always check out movementradio.us that is your one-stop shop for all things movement radio roger anything from you 
I can't think about it. Cool. Shout out to Sean Thompson at Thompson Personal Training. Uh, Jerry and Jennifer at the Chronic Conversations Podcast. Andrew and Sean at the Warrior Workout Network. Ivan Montanez, twitch.tv slash Unleashed Demon. And Sean Miller with Should I Watch That. Thank you guys, especially. Thank you to our sponsors, but thank you guys, especially. 22,000 downloads. We can't thank you guys enough. We love you. We appreciate you guys. And we'll see you right back here with another edition of Battle Topics. Chip, let's hit them with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe. Click that bell to get notified of our latest videos. And once again, check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And I'm Roger Sierra. And this is is movement radio god's plan